Hello and welcome to Top Fives, the show of everything Top Fives. I'm Joey Parati. And I'm Sean Day. And uh, today we're going to be hitting you with uh, three lists and a limerick and some poetry. Um, No guarantee on the limerick or the poetry, but surely (laughs) laughs to follow. But before we get to any of that, Shawnee, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Just uh, preparing to move right now. So I've got lots of boxes around the house and... Uh, I am podcasting on the most minimal kind of rig I have right now. So, Hell yeah. Uh, it's very chaotic, I would say, but very exciting at the same time. Um, so yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Just kind of busting a sweat, I guess, and <laughs> trying to get my uh, stuff in order. And yeah, uh, this will probably be the last podcast I'll have in, the, in my current place in Pasadena. So excited to be doing another episode, I think next week's episode in the new place. Right on. Yes, to new sir. beginnings. To new beginnings. Uh, Joe, how are you doing this week? Um, I'm doing all right, man. Um, I Actually, no, I've had a terrible day. Let me, oh, man. Let me walk <laughs> you through this. I went to the dentist today. Oh, that's right. First time in... Well, it's been a long time. Let's just say my teeth hurt a lot. And um, <laughs> honestly, actually, I thought it was going to be uh, one of those things where you need several root canals. and. But no, Ooh. no, I just need some super duper cleaning and I've got some cavities. So, I mean, really it's, it's the lightest of scenarios that could have, that could have happened yeah. for me, but I was sweating. <laughs> I was sweating it uh, pretty hard I, today. I never liked the dentist. But dude. then I get home yeah. <laughs> and I'm cleaning and I'm putting the, the trash in the bathroom away and there's a spider on the trash, like a big one. And dude, this is maybe the fourth or fifth day in a row where I've had to kill a freaking spider. I hate spiders. I know no. you hate spiders. I hate oh, them yeah. so much. So this little guy <laughs> jumped off the trash. I know what happened was I screeched like a little girl or screech from Saved by the Bell and threw the trash, the metal trash can. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it hit our uh, our shower door. Like, thank God it didn't shatter the glass of the shower door. Oh, shit. And the spider, like, kind of get, get like goes behind the toilet. And I go, I put on one slipper. I'm like, going to stomp on this guy. But he gets away. So there's, oh, no. you know, the, the bathroom spray or whatever, and I'm spraying him down and he's still going. So I grabbed like this extra cleaning spray and like just <laughs> drowned him. At him. <laughs> um, finally he gave up, but like I got to witness his, his last moments where they show you oh, who man. they really are. And it was <laughs> crazy. Um, so yeah, dentist and, and then battling a spider, like. That sounds like an event-filled day. It's, it's been rough, buddy. <laughs> it sounds like all your nightmares tied into one. <laughs> yeah. This is my nightmare. Um, yeah, it was very much like that. But other wow. than that, I'm doing, doing good, man. <laughs> man, that sounds like a crazy day. That's the word. Like, I've had those moments with spiders and cockroaches. Apparently, when it gets like warm out here in Los Angeles, oh. cockroaches are the worst. And that's what I'm kind of nervous about the house I'm moving into because it's, you know, it's a lot older, you know, the house. And I know it's been kind of put up, you know, put together, but you never know what's out there, especially for a house that old. And it's, you know, two story house. So there, there could be anything living in there. That's true. So I've never uh, had to deal with a cockroach. Thank God. Yeah. So we'll have to see what happens uh, during this time of the year. And it's starting to get freaking warm right now. So damn, that's, an, that's another thing about moving that I'm, I'm dreading is like, oh God, it's going to be super warm as I take my boxes out that's why i might do some moving at night i don't know if ever, anyone's ever done that before but oh, hey that's not a bad idea keep it cool yeah keep it cool 
Keep That's it awesome, cool. Dude. Move at night. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, um, we uh, we decided we have to we have to talk about something on on the show because we we do touch on uh, DC news quite often on this show. And uh, announcement came. I got it around three o'clock. I was in the dentist chair. Um, that Zack Snyder has stepped away from Justice League for very good reason. Um, Shawnee, do you want to take the take oh. the rest? Yeah, so the, the news came out uh, that he was stepping down, uh, him and his wife actually too as well. And uh, unfortunately, um, and this happened in, I think in March, about yeah. a year ago. Uh, oh, not a year ago, sorry. In March of this year, um, unfortunately their daughter committed suicide. And, um, you know, obviously this is quite a trying time for them. And um, I think it was a good decision for them to step away because it's, it's a lot to, to be part of a movie and how things go on in your life, especially losing someone so close. Um, so thoughts and prayers out to uh, Zack Snyder and um, his family and everyone else. Yeah. And uh, interesting news coming out of that, too, is, is Joss Whedon would be, is going to be taking over um, post-production and I guess reshoots for justice league. So, yeah. Um, which is very interesting. And I, I guess that was announced quite a while ago too, but, um, just this news kind of popping up, uh, you know, it was definitely kind of tough to hear. Um, but also, you know, I'm sure everyone's behind the Snyders yeah. and their decision, including WB, I'm sure. So, yeah, I mean, I'm known to, uh, take the piss out of Snyder as it were. Um, <laughs> Because I, I fundamentally di- disagree with his, you know, take on on certain properties that I love, but uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw down the sword for for some time uh, because no one should have to go through that, and uh, yeah, yeah, my my heart's out for for this whole Snyder family. It's can't imagine. It's got to be devastating. So, um, but, and yeah, Joss Whedon coming in that's a bit strange um because recently there were reports that justice league was going to have massive reshoots and then charles rovin came out and did damage control it was like no 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 nothing more than what was planned the original rumor was that the movie was like basically reshot twice during production or somewhere thereafter um and now with whedon coming in it's suspect to see how much might actually get reshot and how, you know, yeah, no one's going to know until this movie comes out, but it is food for thought. And it is, you know, there, there is a lot of moving parts going on here. Yeah. And, uh, we have what, uh, wonder woman coming out June 2nd, which is getting, I guess, uh, some positive vibes. Getting so very far. positive vibes. So yeah. Excited to see that and, and see where that kind of takes us with uh, the DCU. DCEU. The DCEU. DCU. You just hold on to that C and you get it both yeah. in there. DCU. So, uh. DCU. <laughs> so we have, yeah, we have Wonder Woman coming up. And then um, I guess I don't know if you read the other news that came out. Uh, Tom Holland is going to be. Yes forefronting the as nathan drake in uh un, the uncharted movie how do you which feel, I feel like uh i don't i don't know i was like i i don't know how i feel about it because it's been through so much development yeah and a lot of directors stepping down and so uh yeah i don't, I don't know where that direction is gonna go and 
strange to see a prequel because I'm, you know, I, I don't know if you played the Uncharted games, but yeah, yeah, uh, the the character of Nathan Drake, it's like it's so kind of doable as a movie. It's a very cinematic game, very much. Um, so it's strange that they're they're taking like a prequel side to it. Um, but I don't know if they're going at the angle like Tom Holland could be Nathan Drake for the next couple years, you know, that kind of thing, you know, if they try to set it up that way. But so even in the next couple of years, he, he's not going to develop into the man that I picture a guy needs to be to play Nathan Drake. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's going to be Spider-Man too. So it's like, it's weird. There's this conflicting, like, you know, I want to see him as, that's Spider-Man. I want to see him as Spider-Man. And, yeah. you know, if you're trying to balance another franchise in there, that's always tough and. One's going to um, get the short end. Yeah, one's going to get the short end. Either and, do Iron uh, Man or you do Sherlock Holmes. You don't do both. Yeah. <laughs> and for Uncharted, you know, unfortunately with the track record of, of game uh, games gone movies into fully fledged films, it's never really it's never really been a good translation for a lot of, uh, you know, with the uh, with Assassin's Creed that came out, which I haven't seen. I was kind of curious to see it because I, I did play the Assassin's Creed games. But it didn't get, you know, critically didn't get too much uh, smashed. Uh, praise. Yeah, I got smashed. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see it. I'm sure, you know, I don't know if the video game to film adaptation will ever reach its peak or ever get uh, recognized. Um, but, and you would think, you know, a lot of games, even though they have a lot of games that are open world and you can kind of do whatever, there's a lot of stories involved. Um, I guess just find a way to adapt it and, and piece it together into a film. Yeah. That's the hardest part. So, um, and trying to condense, obviously, everything into a film where there might be, su- you know, such a large amount of lore or um, context involved in it. And I'm sure in Charted, you know, I guess the prequel, I guess they're trying to cover like, hey, we're trying to set up this character so you can be more you know related to the current series and stuff like that so yeah i don't know i'm very very on the fence of it about it but you know i want to see him as spider-man and maybe nathan drake i don't know <laughs> yeah i'm not we'll uh, i don't know i think the first person attached uh originally was like mark Wahlberg. it's like i could kind of see that yeah um, yeah i could see that too yeah then nathan fillion it's like if he were younger totally um, yeah oh yeah but uh Tom Holland's very left field. It's very strange. Very, yeah, very left field. So we'll see how they follow through with this and uh, create a script around it. And Nathan Drake has a sense of humor, and I could see, you know, like Tom Holland's one-liners in Civil War transferring well to Nathan Drake. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's the the approach that they're they're thinking. Uh, but still, the look is so. It's like it's like. It's like casting casting Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor almost. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's you would never think that. Um, it's supposed to be a younger Nathan Drake, but it's like oh, he's so he's still so young. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, you're kind of used to if you play the games, you're used to that Nathan Drake character, the you know the manly figure and kind of like a you know more adult version of it. Absolutely. So, yeah, I like we'll have, I, I we'll want my hero see, to be right? a man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to teach me how to drink, not the other way around. Um, yeah. Not saying uh, uh not saying uh Tom Holland is is a I mean he's going to be probably really kick ass as Spider-Man and definitely steal the movie away. Yeah. Uh with his charm. So <laughs> And he is very um, charming. So Yeah. So we'll have to see, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm game, you know. I mean, put that kid in something, and you know, he's he's fun to watch. I'll watch it. Are you gonna watch the uh, what's the other movie that's coming out this month or next month? 
Uh, are you gonna watch the uh, the Mummy movie no. that's coming out? <laughs> no, I won't be watching I, the Mummy. I, it's it's funny to say this because I know they're trying to do like the whole like monster universe now. Yeah, like, was it the universe. Universal Dark Universe or something stupid yeah. like that? But my I guess my guilty pleasure is I remember watching the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies. So yeah. it's so strange like to see this kind of like. And it's weird because it kind of looks similar. Like they do some of the similar effects, you know, CGI effects and whatnot. Um, I have very but, strong memories of The Mummy Returns for your birthday. Oh, like yeah. Like a group of us we went. Had, and I remember your dad handing the out like the tiny, maybe like four ounce Coca-Colas. I was like, they make that size? It like blew my mind. <laughs> I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I loved uh, Returns. I thought that was great. It was great, yeah. And it's, you know, it's very still like action packed, campy. It was a lot of so many different things going on there. I'm curious uh, how they hold up. Yeah. You know what? I haven't seen those movies in a while, and I would love to. I know The Mummy, the first one, was one of my favorite ones. Um, and what's his face? The the brother of Evie. Evie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he was, he, I loved his comedy. Like, it was a good comedy. Uh, good comedy relief in the film. It was, it, it was a good blend of so many different things. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see with, uh, I'm curious about it. I'm, I want to see what their deal is with like connecting all the movies together and what their next film will be. Um, so we'll see about that. Also, I forgot to mention, uh, we had an announcement of Tom Hardy playing Venom. Tom Hardy playing Venom. That's right. If this had happened back in 2007, yeah, oh <laughs> um, but the fact this is happening in 2017, I don't know. <laughs> it's what whatevs. It's what whatevs. I'm, I'm excited because I know Tom Hardy can, he, he, he will go for it. Yeah. He will definitely go for the role. And he's such a actor, like method actor in that way. And so I'm, I'm stoked. And he's like, again, like kind of that manly, you know, he's just very, you know, he's, he's got that presence on the screen. And I, uh, and he's starting to break out. For, you know, he's starting to become a big actor, and 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 now he's going to be attached to a franchise and I guess a spinoff film with the uh, Spider-Man series. So uh, we'll see how they do it. We'll see how yeah. that goes for it too. Hardy's a huge draw, and you know, I really do like the idea of him as Eddie Brock. I think that's brilliant. I think that's really great. I don't have any faith in Sony to make a good Spider-Man movie. Um, however. Even if the rest of the movie sucks, you're going to have Tom Hardy at the center of it doing something crazy and weird. And it's going to be really entertaining and really enjoyable. So, yeah, I'm in. Count me in. Yeah. I'll, maybe I'll speak in the Bane accent <laughs> throughout the film. Dude. <laughs> Which would be crazy because now he's playing like a, you know, he's playing another villain. And uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, what was the Leonardo DiCaprio film? Uh, Inception? Rev- Revenant? Oh, Revenant. Re- no. Re- yeah, you should watch that. He he plays a I very. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it is it is a, a definitely a tough film to get through sometimes. But I think Tom uh, Hardy stole the show in that film. I think he took that away from really? Leo. I gotta check I, I it felt, out. I felt that way because he he played a uh, just very villainous kind of guy with very you know bad intentions and yeah. I love uh, Birdman. So, um, I had, see, that's the one I haven't seen yet either. Oh so, man, yeah. Birdman's so good. I just watched The Founder <laughs> over the weekend. Found- oh, is that with, uh, that's the McDonald's yeah, uh, yeah. story, uh, right? Yeah. Keaton is the guy who starts franchising McDonald's. It's, yeah. it's really good. If Check it out. 
It's a solid oh, flick. I mean, you kind of I'll get the to. entire story from the trailers. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's basically what it is, but it's certainly enjoyable the entire time. I really liked it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So we got some movies to, to catch up on, to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, shall we get to our list, sir? Yeah, let's do it, dude. All right. Would you like to go first? Would you like me to go first? Uh, you go first. You go first. Okay. Shawnee, what are your top five favorite graphic novels? All righty. All so right. thank you for thank you for mentioning this before we started recording. This. <laughs> I, I must admit I haven't read that many graphic novels. Um, I don't know if the some I list are considered them, but they can be a collection, I guess, since they're spanned over a couple of series. Uh, I'm gonna go number five is uh, Hush, the Hush series. Nice. Um, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. I remember you gave me that to borrow and. I thoroughly enjoyed a different take on the kind of Batman Superman, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, partnership. And, um, I remember there's like poison Ivy doesn't poison Ivy take over Superman and kind of like, yep. 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 Turns them evil a little bit too. So I always like that where they kind of play with the different characters and you, you know, you know, Superman, he's such a, you know, iconic character and kind of flip it on its head, which is kind of cool. So got, yeah. number five is hush. Uh, number four, I did read a couple of these. I haven't finished the series, but it'd be uh, Sin City uh, by Frank Miller. Nice. Um, again, the just the way it's illustrated and the collection of different stories, but it somehow has this overarching uh, story behind it. The ink work and the way it looks is just uh, very different. And I know now it's been kind of stylized with the films and everything. Um so yeah, that's that's another one that I uh, remember, but I haven't finished, so that's one I have to kind of get into. Uh, number three, The Dark Knight Returns. You recommended this for me, and I did read a little bit of it, um, especially before going to Batman versus Superman, which <laughs> didn't <laughs> line up very close to it. But uh, another uh, Frank Miller and Klaus—is it Jan- Jansen Johnson? Cla- Klaus Johnson is kind Johnson. of how I've always imagined it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Again, another iconic uh, comic book series with uh, kind of the illustrations of an older Batman and, you know, the different uh, kind of time he, you know, all the different past experiences he's had. Um, So that's another one that kind of draws some cool inspiration. And I did actually see the, I think I saw the film. They came out with an animated film. Yeah, it's very good. It's It's not that bad. So Um, it was better than The Killing Joke. I gotta uh, say, <laughs> Killing Joke just man. Yeah. We've man. I think we've had that discussion on this podcast we have. before. <laughs> Let's not get back into it. <laughs> we'll be here all so that's night. My, yeah, we'll be here all night. So that's my uh, number three. Number two, I did also read this graphic novel after the film. Uh, it was Watchmen, Alan Moore's Watchmen. Nice. Uh, which I kind of enjoyed the the film. Like I know the film tried to do kind of like a panel by panel look at it. But I, I didn't think it translated as well as just kind of reading it in there and, and uh, going through it. And the m- other interesting thing is I also watched a... I, I don't know where I found this or if it was released under the same company, but I saw a... It's a... What do they call those? It's like an animated version of it, but they use the illustrations animatics. from the comic. Animatics. I saw animatics of it, too, as well. Because um, it is definitely... It's a, definitely a, a heavy read. So Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I did read a little bit of it and then I watched the animatics too to kind of get a little more context and 
played out. It, so it's dense. It's really, it's yeah, it's a, very dense. But it's a it's a cool little graphic novel, and I, I would love to read it again. Um, a lot of these I would like to read again um, with just kind of time passing and and maybe not you know obviously with Sin City not finishing the series so yeah there's some um, there's some bad Sin City though <laughs> the first few yeah, are really I'm good I'm sure and uh, yeah and then my number one is uh, the Scott Pilgrim series which I, I have yet to finish the rest of them too but uh, I remember some of these I don't own which I should I should. And it's kind of interesting because I think my 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 new roommate is a comic book collector, so I'm sure he might have these in his oh, collection. Oh, cool! So you know, maybe I'll have to start up a library card <laughs> and uh, borrow some of these for him. But Scott Pilgrim uh, again, another uh, interesting comic book collection, a different kind of uh, story in there with about relationships and crazy ex boyfriends. And again, there was a film adaptation of that one too as well, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So nice. Um, so yeah, that's my top five. It's mostly comic book related. I know there's a lot of graphic novels out there that are not related too much to like superheroes and stuff, but that's the ones that I'm kind of familiar with. And uh, uh, I've been recommended a ton of times by you to check out some of them. So uh, I owe it to you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, no, those were those were all good picks. Uh, the first, God, uh, I remember uh, Sin City, the, the Hard Goodbye is like, oh, it's just mind blowing like that. Eight or so pages of him trying to open the door is really great. And uh, um, Hush, you know, is such a great um, kind of like if, if you just want to get into comics for the first time, like and you're, you're a Batman fan, you hand somebody Hush. And it's kind of like the past 30 years of like Batman history is like all right there oh, in yeah. that arc, you know. And, uh, and, and actually it was my introduction to more of Jim Lee's kind of stuff as far as, you know, his – uh, comic book, uh, you know, influence, and he's a you know he's a big uh, you know heavy hitter now in the comic book industry. So, yeah, um, he's especially uh, with DC. He's huge. He's way up there. He's like yeah. running DC. But uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, um, I'm glad you said Dark Knight Returns because I love Dark Knight Returns. It didn't quite make my list. Um, I was surprised by my list actually. Thought there's gonna be <laughs> a lot more Batman. Um, oh yeah. I really wanted to include year one, couldn't you? But uh, number five, oh, yeah. The Long Halloween. That's right. Batman The Long Halloween is my favorite, favorite Batman, straight up Batman story. Um, Jeff Loeb, is that Jeff Loeb too, right? Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, baby. Um, oh, hell yeah. A year-long Batman tale um, from Halloween to Halloween, and it's the the origin, the gigantic operatic origin of Two-Face and it is so wonderful the dialogue is so good and it's like uh, Loeb started out as a screenwriter and you can tell Um, and he also like lifts a lot of stuff like um, he lifts like direct lines from the Godfather and things like that which are kind of like come on dude (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's really great and the artwork I remember the first time I read it I was like what? Um, (laughs) But once you read it, I don't know that there's ever been a better marrying of artist and writer together. And uh, the art totally matches the writing. And it's so it's so great. It's such a great, great read. Uh, Batman the Long Halloween. Number Batman five. Long Halloween. Number four. Uh, I'm going to do Darwin Cook's Parker. Um, okay. 
he basically he took uh, I believe Donald Westlake is the writer Richard Starks he, his pseudonym was Richard Stark and he, he did these series of books called uh, Parker like the hunter and the, all these different books like pulp novels about okay. this guy um, Mel, Mel Gibson did a uh, a movie adaptation of one of the books uh, called it was called Payback do you remember Payback, Payback. from the 90s yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's basically the first book. It's okay. vastly different in the movie, but the Darwin Cook takes it back to the um, to the '60s and like draws oh. it in this very you know the way Darwin the only way you know sorry the way only Darwin Cook could. Um, yeah. All right. Rest in peace. We lost him last year. Um, he's so great in this book. Um, just it fires on all cylinders. Every single volume. I think that he put out four in his lifetime um, to the point where I might, if I have a son, I'll probably name him Parker. Um, it's, <laughs> it's so great. Um, but yeah. And if you just like stories about like brute men who like, you know, are involved in a dirty business and, you know, yeah, like dames and they like the money and uh, <laughs> they aren't afraid of guns. Like it's that kind of sixties, oh, you know, okay. kind of cool, kind of cool thing. Like um, number three, The Fade Out by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Okay. Um, it's a 12 issue story about a screenwriter who wakes up in 1940s Hollywood, not wakes up in 1940s Hollywood. Like he, it takes place in 1940s Hollywood. Um, yeah. and he wakes up and he's, he wakes up not in his own apartment and he's with this starlet. Um, and she's been murdered and it's oh, weird. I'm not going to say anything more than that, but it's really great. Like a murder mystery. The artwork is really evocative of 1940s Hollywood and um, just a really cool. It's really great. It's really great. Um, That's awesome. The Fade Out. Um, Fade Out. Number two, Dark Knight. That's with an N, not a K. Dark Knight, a true (laughs) Batman story by Paul Dini and um, Eduardo Riso, I believe is the the artist. and it, I, I believe we've talked about it on the show before. Paul Dini um, had a traumatic experience where he got mugged and almost killed. And uh, he it's this beautiful comic of him learning to deal with that psychological trauma. And yeah. uh, the artwork jumps around to so many different styles. You know, the artist must have been just been having a ball doing this, uh, this <laughs> book. And it, it shows. It's so great. And it's so personal and and lovingly put together it's it's just great um number one i just talked about this a few weeks ago on the show a stereos polyp by david mazicelli 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 um (laughs) mazicelli sounds uh mazicelli (laughs) mazicelli um it's so good i can't recommend this book enough um i've thought about it in some small way almost every day since I've read it. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. It's like super, it has so much to say and it says it so concisely. Um, and so invented inventively that it just, it blows my mind every time I think about it. Um, so yeah, stereos polyp. Those are my, my top five. Yeah. I like that, dude. And more for, you know, for, for me to check out, dude, because I would love to, you know, read some other uh, graphic novels, kind of dive into the world. and You would love my number things. one pick. 
You would really love that. Is that, I feel like, did you, sh- I wonder if you showed that to me last time I was no. uh, with you. Maybe, I don't know, I feel like. I, I showed it on here. Oh, uh, that's probably you. why, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's very reminiscent of that that style or, and that's, what's great about comics, you know, and, and graphic novels, you know, the, even the style, how they draw it is related to the artist. That's, you know, part of the paired with the uh, writer and, and also kind of the time period too, if, you know, wherever it's set, you know, sometimes that, that, uh, draws from that. So that's super yeah. cool, dude. Yeah. Um, Oh, Pretty I like great. that. Thank you. Graphic novels. There we go. There we go. Another one off the list. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I think you've uh, got a list for me, sir. Oh, you're gonna love this one, Joey. All right, let's let's dive in. Audience, Joey has a fond love for burgers. I do, <laughs> and I do too. So, Joey, what are your top five burgers? Oh man, I love this. Okay, cool. As, um, I guess burger burger brands, or I mean, you can also say what kind of burger it is too. Okay, no, like, I mean, I get where, the same burger pretty much everywhere. Sometimes I switch it up and get a Western, <laughs> but most of the time it's just meat, cheese, bun. If you got a special sauce, I'll take your special sauce. Yeah. Um, sometimes I leave the lettuce and tomato on, sometimes I don't. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, number one, just I lovingly think about Joseph Westlake. It's still good, even after they reopened it, but nothing will ever quite be joseph westlake when it actually was joseph westlake it is now original joe's it's still just as damn good but um (laughs) joseph westlake was something really special um my brother cried when he ate his last one that's how good they were um so yeah joseph westlake's number one number two damn this is gonna be tough man um i'm just gonna throw some up off the top of my head and just you know these are the ones that that i've been digging on lately uh, yeah. <laughs> Lollapalooza has a really great Kobe beef burger. It's really good. Okay. Um, That's in Monterey, right? Monterey. Yeah. Most of these from here on out are probably going to just be, be around here. L- locally. Um, the bulldog pub down the street from my house has a build your own burger. And I do um, blue cheese and bacon and Parmesan spread. Parmesan. Ooh, Parmesan wow. aioli. Um, oh, it's heavenly. It is heavenly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's so good. Ooh. All right. Alvarado street brewing company, um, on Alvarado street, obviously. And, um, (laughs) yeah, their stuff is really good too. Their burger is excellent. Um, and you know what? For old time's sake, let's throw a a double Western bacon cheese in there from from the great (laughs) Carl's jr. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was, I was wondering if you're going to mention the, uh, Western bacon cheese. How can you? How can The double. <laughs> That's a good list. I I, uh, I was looking at my list too, and it's like some of it's like local, right? So you kind of get used to the local places you're eating at. Yeah. And surprisingly enough, there's like, especially in Monterey, like where you're, where you're at right now, like there's a lot of good restaurants and places out there. And now I'm curious to try that burger at the Bulldog because I don't think I've Dude, tried that one there. Yeah. They just redid their menu a few months ago and it, it's blown oh. my mind. It's It's really great. Thank you for nice. asking that. That's I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm always the food oriented guy, but uh, I I was just I've had some pretty decent burgers in the last couple of, <laughs> couple of weeks. So hell yeah. I was just thinking burgers would be the perfect choice. So um, so here's here's mine. Uh, this is kind of out of left field right now. There's right. a Del Del Taco Burger, 
which I don't know if Del Taco is a Southern California thing or if it's up North. I know. But I know Del Taco. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So Del Taco, I uh, just got introduced to that. It's kind of a, it's kind of like Taco Bell, but it's like they have burgers on their menu too, which is kind of strange. Um, so just a simple double burger. Uh, they have kind of like a spread sauce, kind of uh, similar to In-N-Out. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's a good consistency as far as uh, meat to bun. And, you know, it's not like messy or anything like that. And it's uh, pretty damn good. It goes down pretty well. It's very, like the meat is not like super tender. It's, you know, it's soft and, and whatnot. And um yeah, and it just totally caught me off guard because I was like, I went to Del Taco for the first time like a couple months ago, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to get tacos. And then one of my friends mentioned like, oh, you can buy a burger here too. And it's like the best burger at a fast food joint, you know, around this area. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, shoot. So, um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's number five for me. Nice. Um, number four, we have the Congregation Ale House in Pasadena. Uh and they have the Diablo burger, which is kind of like a sriracha hot sauce, chipotle sauce, um, served on, uh, I think it's potato buns and they have (laughs) melted, melted cheese. And I'm not really too much a fan of this, but I've been with this burger, um, sauteed mushrooms on it too, as well. Nice. And onions as well. Yeah. Grilled onions, actually caramelized onions. So yeah, there's a lot going on in the burger, but, um, it's a awesome pub house. Like they have tons of beers there. It's super funny and strange. Cause it's like, it's congregation ale house. It's like themed like a church, which is so strange. Cause we grew up in a Catholic, <laughs> uh, you know, going to Catholic school, but, um, uh, people are very friendly there and, uh, their menu choice is great for a pub, kind of a pub. Is that where you took whatnot. me that one time? I think so. That might've been a place I, I, you, we you sat outside. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We okay, have been cool. there. Nice. So yeah, it was yeah, a good place. I, I, it was a really good place. I figured that's a perfect place to take guests, and and uh, if you're craving a burger, that'd be the perfect place to go. Which I always am. <laughs> yeah. So next time you're in town, we'll we'll have to go again. Oh yeah. I'm down. Um, number three, I've got Joseph Westlake, the yes. burger. The, How dare it be Joe's. so low on your list, but I know. Yeah, well, you know shit. what? I, I need to have more of it. That's what I need. Cause it's probably going to go up there on my list. Got to uh, get you, you mentioned- into my life. <laughs> I mean, you you already mentioned how great the Joe's of Westlake burger is and it's on like, what was it? Like a sandwich bun oh, or something? Oh, like, the, they were like the French roll. French roll. Yeah. Which is so different for a burger, you know, a traditional kind of burger. Yeah. Uh, the, there's a lot of meat in there, which is great. Um, and it's easy burger to get down. I mean, actually not going to lie. That's it. It takes some time to get <laughs> through that burger. I'm saying less, less mess. And, uh, it's again, just a solid kind of burger to have. And it's just amazing when it comes out like right there. And then, so, um, and yeah. I think I had it, I think I had it like I took it home too and it still was pretty good. So I always the try to save that, one half. Yeah. The burgers that last, that's always a good quality burger too. Hell yeah. Um, number two, going with the old in and out burger. Oh, how did I not make in and out on mine? And it was going to be my number one. Cause that's my kind of go-to burger anyways. Cause it's just a staple of, you know, like if someone from out of this country, especially California uh, and state, 
uh, yeah, if you, if you want to come and experience California, the In-N-Out Burger is where it's at. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would you, uh, would you put In-N-Out above Five Guys? Uh, I read an article about that, how Five Guys won Burger of the really or something like that. Yeah, it was it was voted over in and out, and I don't think I've tried Five Guys enough to really say anything. Although I do, I I have gotten into customizing In and Out burgers because I know they have like secret menu stuff. Yeah, but I didn't realize you can really go into like customizing the burgers where you could switch out the spread for mustard and ketchup. Um, I'm a big fan of the chilies, so I've been doing a double double. With raw onions still. I know you can get gr- grilled onions, but raw still. Um, add chilies. I don't like tomatoes too much, so I take out the tomato. Um, but that's been my burger at In-N-Out nice. lately. Nice. And it's do super, they do bacon? It's, you know, oh, you know, they don't do bacon. That's where that's where it would go. Like, that's where they would top it. Like, But that's the thing. It's like it's In-N-Out. So, like, even though there's a lot of different modifiers you can do with it, you know, they have their straight up just, like, you know, couple items on the menu it's very simple which is great because that's always the tough part about some fast food places it's like you could be just bombarded by so many different types of burgers and there's just so much stuff in it um but you can kind of make your own now i guess like for what i realized within and out so that's my that's my number two nice. and then n- number one is a recent one i had um on my birthday i went to go to um these uh, food trucks in burbank and uh, it was like a food truck night. I guess they have it on the weekends. I'm not sure if it's like goes on for the month or whatever. But it's really cool. They had a bunch of food trucks. They had all types of food, Mexican food. They even had Filipino food, which is I'm a big fan of. Nice. And um, and then, uh, but I was like, oh, you know, what should I get? You know, because it's tough to kind of choose. And they had this place called Baby's Badass Burgers. It's you were telling all, about this, it, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're I had a, first of all, it's, it's like a, it's kind of crazy. It's like a all female. Um, it's, I think it's founded by these four girls or four women and, uh, they make some pretty badass burgers, dude. And it, the, it was, I had a bacon cheeseburger with a barbecue sauce on it. Oh, and oh. it was just one of those burgers that just melts in your mouth. And in, like the portion it's pretty big for a burger, but like I, I ate the whole thing in one sitting and, uh, Attaboy. It was so good. And to have it fresh right there cooked um, uh, for their for their food truck, which I believe, I don't know if they have a restaurant. I think they just have the food truck. So it's nice. crazy. Like some of these small businesses um, just make some really good food and something as simple as a burger and American staple. I think uh, these guys take the win for me. So right on. That's awesome. So now I'm your, curious your to local see. artists. Yeah, I'm curious to like find out. I, they have like I'm, I'm sure an Instagram page, so check them out. And, and I'm sure they have kind of a li- you know ca- kind of calendar or where they're going to be at next. So I might have to catch them next time they're in town. Right on. That yeah. was excellent, Shawnee. Top five burgers. Yeah, burgers. You heard it here, yeah, folks. I want, uh, I want a burger now. <laughs> I know. You really got to watch the founder now. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You really, really like it. I'm telling you, and folks, I'm telling all of you too. The imaginary audience, check it out. Recommendation. Um, <laughs> so um, every week we uh, we do our top five favorite movie of, and we started the year of our birth, 1989. We are up to the year 1997 now. Um, 97. So, Shawnee, what are your top five favorite films of the year of our Lord, 1997? <laughs> 
again, comparable to the last episode from 96, there were a lot of great movies that came out this in that year. Yeah. And it was very tough to, to dwindle it down to five top films. But again, I guess I'm going to go top five films that I kind of have more of a connection to like growing up and, you know, some of them might not be the best movie. Um, some of them might be uh, a little more out there, but they kind of connect to like me personally. So uh, number five is the full Monty about a bunch of uh, British lads, uh, nice. <laughs> still a bunch of steel workers, uh, <laughs> pretty much stripping down to uh, some, to make some, to make ends meet. But it's a, it's a great story about, you know, uh, a group of friends uh, and, uh, you know, a, a dad and his son. Um, and it's just a great film. And I, I think it's, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know there's a Broadway of that. I believe and I don't you're know right. If, I don't know if the Broadway was first or if the movie was first. I don't know. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I would love to check that out. And it's such a good combination of humor and just the kind of the times that they were in as far as uh, a bunch of, uh, I think it's steel workers or coal workers. I, I can't remember what the, um, but you know, that kind of trade, especially, you know, in that time period and, and uh, in, in that location too is, you know, that's, that's, that's how people went to work and that's, you know, how they made their, you know, their money. So it's kind of, kind of funny to take that, like these manly men and kind of, uh, break them down and, and just show them like, Hey, you know, we can, we can entertain, we can do things that we love and, and dance, <laughs> I guess. And strip. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much exactly what you'd expect from the British version of magic Mike. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. That's a good, yeah, that's a good catch right there too. Uh, number four, we got Batman and Robin. Oh, uh, <laughs> we've got Mister Freeze, Chill, Chill, and Poison Ivy. Uh, Uma Thurman playing Poison Ivy. So, yeah, uh, another wacky one. Probably not my favorite out of the Batman films, but it's my most memorable one out of the out of the uh, kind of that era of Batman. Yeah, and uh, very colorful. I gotta very say, colorful. not. Yeah, I'm kind of regretting my decision to put it on my top five, but that's it's an interesting one. I will say that, um, but you know what? Get, it I'm, is a guilty pleasure. Like it is, you can throw it on. You can have a good laugh with Batman. Yeah, but I throw it on sometimes, just because it's I, like uh, so ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It is ridiculous a bit. So <laughs> maybe that's why I chose it because it's just you could watch that you know a couple of times and just have a good laugh. Yeah, you can it, have a so. lot of fun with it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that's number four. Number three is Face Off, John Travolta Ooh. and uh, uh, Nicolas Cage. And I uh, always love my Nicolas Cage, my uh, injection of uh, <laughs> wackiness and, and being out there. But um, I don't know. There's something about that film. It's, you know, very kind of like sci-fi in its own way. And it's strange because you get very, you know, they, the characters switch faces and one's a villain, obviously. And it's so strange because you get used to that character uh, Nicholas Cage's character being the good guy, obviously, because you know he has a different face on. So it's kind of this weird, like psychological thing going on with your head, like while you're watching. It's like, well, wait, so like, but that's like supposed to be his real face, but his wife doesn't recognize. It. It's just, it's really crazy, and it's, um, yeah, it's just so different and um, a little out there. So, and I think one of Nicholas Cage's out of his slew of interesting <laughs> his films. Slew. On his, that's a really good way to describe Nicolas Cage's <laughs> career as a slew. Yeah. We'll have to do a top five uh, just insane Nicolas Cage movies oh, or scenes. I'm there, buddy. 
Um, but yeah, so that's that's up there for me. And then number two, we got the classic Austin Powers comedy. Nice. Which again, I have to rewatch again because, uh, you know, like there's not le- that many comedies that come out that are in that kind of uh, genre. It was definitely yeah. so uh, ahead of its time and so different, I guess, for, for comedies coming out. Um, I did. I did like the the second one better than the first one. But Spy Who Shagged Me is just brilliant. It's brilliant, dude. And um, you know, I don't want to say unfortunately, but Mike Myers, you know, it's it's Wayne and you know from Wayne's World and Austin Powers. Those are two characters I will always remember him for. And my introduction into like the comedy of Mike Myers. So um, yeah. So that's that's number two. And my number one, which actually, this is really interesting. I didn't get the chance to see it, but they just uh, did a, I think they showed this film a couple nights in Hollywood, uh, back on the screen, and this is The Fifth Element. Um, So with the sci-fi stuff, I don't know, but there's something about the film, Bruce Willis, um, freaking... uh, Mila Zhovich? Yeah, 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 her character especially. Um, that was her kind of breakthrough, but it was, it's just such a good, like sci-fi film. It's got like so many different influences running against it, like Blade Runner and and whatnot. Um, a little Star Wars, more Star Trek, like a ton of, it's ton of stuff. It's a very, like very, I know it takes a lot from those genres and, and those other films, but it's, 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 it's a very original film to me that I see. Like, it's just so different. And, uh, I can put that on and, and always have a good time watching it. So that's, that's my number one. And I got to say, there was a lot up there. I, was, I listed a couple on the side here. Like there was air force one men in black came yeah. out, uh, private parts. I really enjoyed that too. It's a good. Movie. I just saw gross point blank this year, last year. I never saw it. What? We never Until watched it last- together. No, Bollocks. dude, we've never. Bollocks. I swear it, dude. So I finally watched that and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that film. It's so brilliant freaking movie jeez yeah so my top five is more more of a personal i know dude what you know i've I've probably seen it like in parts or like i've never really finished it all the way through or if it was on tv this is making me reevaluate our friendship and possibly the podcast (laughs) well i gotta say it was i thoroughly (laughs) enjoyed the film (laughs) it's really really one of the only movies where you can stand jeremy piven um oh yeah really great So that, yeah, that's my top five. Very, very personal, I guess, this week for the top five. But, um, man, there's just a lot of good films that came out that year. And, again, we, like, if we could do a top ten with that, I could probably probably switch things around and, and kind of consider more of the films that uh, really got me engaged. Nice. So, uh, Joe, excellent. what is your top five for 97? Um, you know, 97 is tough here because it's like there's a lot of movies that I've seen now, like after, like, studying film and, you know, becoming kind of a cinephile that it's like, Oh, that's gotta be on there. But there's a lot of movies on here. It's like, I saw that as a kid and it meant so much to me, um, that it's gotta make the list, you know? Um, so this is, this is going to be, I feel like an odd list. Anyway, number five, (laughs) I'm going to throw in, uh, Jackie Brown, Quentin Tarantino's underrated classic, uh, another Michael Keaton. Um, but, um, Pam Greer is, Excellent. De Niro is excellent. Um, Fonda, Samuel Jackson. Uh, I think Chris Tucker's in it, I believe, for a second. Um, oh, another Chris Tucker, yeah. There's so many, so many good performances. 
Uh, it's a wonder, wonderful movie. Uh, number four, I'm going to go Chasing Amy. Oh, that's um, right. That's another one I missed. Chasing Amy, dude. You know, there's a lot of um, kind of think pieces about it this year because it's the 20th anniversary of it. And, you know, oh, wow. it's one of the first movies to tackle um, LGBTQ issues. Um, yeah. And not the not one of the first, but, you know, it did it in such a way, you know, it was kind of groundbreaking at the time. But you look back and it, some people argue it hasn't aged well. And honestly, it's it's a movie for me growing up Catholic and, and you know, f- feeling certain ways about relationships like that where it, it it's such a surreal experience watching it. It's too painful to watch it, actually, because it, it touches home. Um, I haven't been able to watch it in years, but I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, cause there's just something about the Holden character that, that I understand and like that I, I don't like about myself. You know what I mean? Like I hate when movies do that, but I also love when movies do that where they're like, Hey, oh, check yeah. it out. It's a mirror. It's not a movie. It's a mirror. <laughs> you're like, ah, um, but yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> chasing Amy. <laughs> Number three, I would say this is where like when I was a kid, Liar, liar. Um, oh, dude, liar, liar. You know, That's the right. 90s were owned by Jim Carrey. And um, he was at the peak of his powers in this movie. Um, probably, I don't know if I skip ahead, but probably the last Jim Carrey to make the list. Um, but he's so great in this movie. It's This movie is tailor-made for his skill set. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's funny, it's heartwarming, it's it's so many things at once. Um, it's a great movie. I really, I really love it. And you know, Jim Carrey was such a such a big influence. That's who I wanted to be uh, when I was a kid. So <laughs> the um, pen is blue. <laughs> That's the one the scene I remember. Pen that I hold in my hand um, <laughs> is blue. Yeah. And he does all. His... <laughs> oh, it's so um, good though. When she was like. Uh, she tells the story about her friend who a burglar fell through the skylight and landed on a kitchen knife and sued him. And he sued my friend for $5 million. He's like, I could have gotten a mate. <gasps> I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's just so like, it's good. great because it's it definitely it, bring, that little, like, that little, uh, what's it called? Like the story, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Theme? Just that, that, that's what. Yeah, kind of the it's that theme, right? Like, but it, it definitely breaks down his character. It's like yeah. you know he lies a lot, you know he you know he uh, denies a lot of things, and it's, it's yeah again again heartwarming. You know his relationship with his his son and everything, and how that plays out. So and him being a lawyer, it's funny is how perfect. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's so good. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> truth will out. <laughs> um, number two, gross point blank. Um, we've already discussed it, but Cusack is going to, uh, was it this 10 year high school reunion? And he left the girl the night before the prom. He freaked out, joined the military, went into business for himself, became a, a hitman. And, uh, it's a really weird kind of clunky comedy that, uh, has a great soundtrack and, um, Jeremy Piv- Piven is actually enjoyable in it. And, um, <laughs> Minnie Driver is great. Joan Cusack is great. Um, Yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool little movie. I think the dad from Darman Gregg is in it. Um, 
it's an interesting plot, right? Like very interesting. You're, you're a mercenary pretty much. And you're trying to go to your 10 year, you're trying to convince yourself to go to your 10 year anniversary and also reconnect with your friendships and the girl that you left. And when he fights the guy in the hall in the locker hallway, that's just great. I love that scene. Um, yeah. Cusack is, he was great once he was, he was really great once. Um, number one, Men in Black. I mean, it's just a classic oh, yeah. at this point, you know? Um, NYPD means I will knock your punk ass down. <laughs> uh, it's, there's, so, there's so many great stuff in that movie. Um, and uh, what's his name? Tommy Lee Jones is so nice. dry and so funny. And through being so standoffish and cold, he somehow gives the picture this weight and warmth. Um, it's great. It's a really great movie. Yeah. And uh, kind of another Will Smith staple, you know, like that, you know, definitely and, solidified his career. And um, and it was such a different, like, I know it's, uh, we've had like sci-fi films and stuff with aliens, but like kind of the notion of like aliens living amongst us, but like cohabitating, like as, you know, trying to be equals with us, but also there's like the, there's a the rule that set. Yeah, there's a rule set, and there's, like, this crazy organization that, like, watches them and, like, has relationships with them. It's, like, the stuff you, like, you think about, like, especially when you're a kid, I guess, too, and, and all the, you know, all the controversies behind extraterrestrials and stuff. It's, like, God, is there the government or the or, or, or organization out there that, you know, has this kind of, like, and it's, like, you, it makes you think, too. It's, like, God, there might be a men in black out there or something. There really could but, be, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then of course the, a, a good, get good chemistry between Will Smith and, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. That was, you know, the very, that dry humor from Tommy Lee and the kind of the easygoing, you know, I'm just a smart, you know, smart, smart ass kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, who's in the, you know, in the PD. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good film. And I don't know why that it may, that's one I probably knock onto my list too as well. Yeah. And it's uh, a good movie. It's a really good movie. Barry Sonnefeld. Yeah. Good top five, dude. I like that. Very different, too. You as well. You as well, sir. <laughs> um, Shawnee, this is the part of the show where we uh, we share with our imaginary audience. Do you have anything to share with us? Uh, yeah. I, I, I uh, went to the Renaissance Fair uh, this last weekend. On Instagram. How was that? Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. I've, I've been up north uh, to the Renaissance, Renaissance Fair in, I think it's Fruitvale or something. It's kind of close to Monterey. Okay, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know if it's the same company, but my cousin invited me out. He had an extra ticket. So I was like, oh, hey, man, like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll go. I'll spend some time and like hang out with the friends and stuff. Cool. And uh, yeah, I was in Irvindale or Irwindale. And it was in this like dam. It's like a park. It's like a dam. And then there's like this park inside it. Um, and there was just a lot of like, uh, just a lot of space there. And it's just funny how you like, you go to these things and, it was my cousin's first time and I think, and his, uh, wife as well, Christine. So they were like, didn't know what to expect. And it's like, you go there and it's people dressed up. Of course it's like blazing hot outside too as well. So I don't, I, I give my hats off to the people who come to the show and buy a ticket and also just experience it that way. Like they dress up. I remember seeing people in line once they like got inside, they just immediately started, uh, you know, talking and like accents and stuff and they play the part. And it's like, this is probably the drama kids like dream to come to this thing every, every year. 
Um, but it's great. You know, it's a good way to, there was like a lot of people showing off um, kind of their crafts that, you know, people built like, they had like people with weapons and swords and knives. They had uh, glasswares and, um, you know, custom made jewelry and stuff. So it was really cool to hang out and just check out some things that I actually, I actually bought some spices. Uh, this guy sold me on some spices and, uh, so, you know, just kind of stuff like that. And and then they had entertainment. They had like, you know, magicians and jugglers and music as well. And especially music of that time period or, you know, using instruments like the, uh, um, mandolin and, um, this, uh, the, what's it called? Hans Dulcimer. I think that's what it's called with all the strings on it and the harps and stuff. Nice. So it's it's a very interesting experience, and I I definitely got to say, and my cousin agreed, we should definitely dress up next time we do it, because it is it is the experience you go for, and uh, you just meet. A, I'm sure you meet like tons of interesting people, and uh, and I got to shoot some arrows. I shot some oh, cool. archery, which was really cool, and you got to kind of learn about you know how how it works and stuff. So yeah, it's pretty fun. I had a good time doing that, and uh, that's pretty much all I got to share this week. That's yeah. awesome, man. Cool. How are you, Joe? What do you got um, for this week? I would like to direct you towards a documentary on HBO called Mommy Dead and Dearest. Um, have oh. you heard about this? No. It sounds kind of scandalous. What is this? It's incredibly scandalous. Um, there was a woman from, uh, I, I forget where she was from, the Midwest or something. Um, she had a kid. And she basically just immediately started saying, the kid's sick, the kid's sick. Um, She needs this, she needs that. She'd go to the doctors and tell them, oh, yeah, she's already been diagnosed. And they would give her medicine, and she would give the kid medicine, and which would induce the side effects of whatever she said was going on with the kid. She had a a feeding tube installed on the girl. At one point, she goes, she can't walk anymore. They put her in a wheelchair for 14 years. There's nothing wrong with her. She shaved her head what? because she was like, oh, it's going to fall out anyway from the cancer. The kid didn't have cancer. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. So this was going, evil. going on and That's... they were getting like free housing for because of her disabled daughter and like, you know, all this stuff. She was taking advantage. Um, the daughter tried to run away a couple times. She brought her back, chained her to the bed, you know, different like horrible kinds of things. The daughter, meanwhile, and she she kept saying the daughter was a lot younger than she actually was. She was actually in her twenties, but kept her at like at a oh reading level of like an eight year old or something, you know. Oh my gosh! The daughter would go on the internet while mom was asleep, and struck up a relationship with this um, kid with possible like multiple personality um, autism kind of thing going on. And they met on a Christian dating website and plotted to eventually plotted to kill her mom, which they eventually did. They killed the mom while she was Whoa. sleeping. The guy stabbed her to death. And then they took off. Um, and then she was so smart, she posted on Facebook about it that, you know, that beep is dead. You know, like, just kind of ratted herself out. She's now serving 10 years in prison. Um, with possibility for parole in like eight years or something like that. The guy is facing life. Oh my gosh. It's just... That's crazy. A crazy story, dude. 
Yeah, and it's it's weird because you, you get this, you know, both sides of it. You know, it's like this person has been treated so horribly over the years. And, you know, I could see something like that pushing them to do commit a, a crime like that, you know, because yeah. that's, you know, abuse. And, you know, you just you can only take so much. And that that is unbelievable to, to think that would happen to someone. And, uh, man, that's crazy. That's a yeah. interesting so that's a doc, like a documentary. Is that it? On uh, on HBO, it just premiered. Oh, and spoilers, by the way. Um, spoilers. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really good. I'd check it out. Um, yeah, it's really interesting because then it, by the end, you're kind of like it, you know the first half of the movie, you're like this poor girl. You know, I hope they don't even give her a year. You know, I hope they let yeah. her walk that day. Like I think she should just go to a halfway house. But the more you watch, you're like. She only had contact with her mother for how many years? Like, and her mom was this master manipulator. She probably picked up some stuff. And you're watching it, and you're starting yeah. to think, "I do I even believe her right now?" Like, yeah, it's. And that's I very like tragic. That the, it's yeah. incredibly tragic. But the way that the documentary kind of pulls you in and then makes you ask questions is, I I really appreciated it. You know. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to compare it to anything, but like, you know, I had that feeling with like, uh, like Dexter, you know, like the Showtime show Dexter, you know, he, there's always that, that, uh, even though he's a fictional character, there's always that divide, like, well, he is a killer by heart, you know, that's how, who he is, but you know, he kills people who deserve it. So it's like, you know, there's that thing that I'm sure the documentary, you ask questions after it, you know, what, what's the, you know, is the reasoning, you know, especially lined up with your morals and how you view things, you know, you know, how you feel about it. So that's always, uh, interesting about documentaries and sometimes they shake you in that way. And, uh, if I was going to watch something like that, man, yeah, I would be definitely shocked after it just, uh, just with all the things you're thinking about and just kind of trying to soak it all in. Right. So, yep. Yep. But, uh, highly recommend it. It's, it's it's worth watch. So, uh, seek it out. Cool. Seek it out. Um, Shawnee, this has been such a great show. I, it has been, yeah. It's only been a week since we did our last one, but it feels it feels like it's been forever. It feels like it's already been too long. <laughs> um, too long. And I can't wait for next Monday. Oh yes, dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Depending, I might still be set up in my little room here, but um, if I do get set up in the other place, I'll I'll uh, have to tell you how how everything is. Most excellent. Most most excellent. excellent. Um. Well, great. Great. Shawnee, where can we find more of your your work uh, this week on the internet, sir? Uh, you can find me at, or on Instagram, at Sean Day Music, S-H-A-U-N-D-A-Y Music, and on my website, SeanDayMusic.net, which I did update a little bit, put some photos on there, and uh, some music from my group called The Sonic Writers. We do music production. And uh, yeah, check it out. Joe, where can we find you? Find me on Instagram at Joey Parati. Um, it's private. You can also check out my website, joeypartyscripts.com. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Um, until next time, folks, I'm Joey Parati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks for Thanks listening. Thanks for listening.
That was fast. That was great. That was great. That was great. Great.